Hey guys, it's Audio Diaz, time to talk about Evangelion. In this episode, is the first time we find out that computers run the country. Uh, yes, that's right, the Magi are computers that kind of calculate shit and tell them everything that they need to know. It's kind of like if nobody, it's kind of like if when we restart, like let's say the world ends tomorrow, and us humans restart it by only what we have on Wikipedia, and that's all we have. That's what like, it's that's kind of like what the Magi are. Um, the, the humans don't really make much of their own decisions. The computers just say, hey, this, there's a percentage chance of this or a percentage chance of that happening. Or if this happens, do this. Man over machine is like the theme of the, these two episodes. We have, uh, there's a really funny scene of like Masato, like she's getting in the elevator and she like stares into Kaji's eyes with pursed lips as she presses the button closed and it's fucking hilarious. But unfortunately, Kaji makes it to the elevator anyway and is a big fucking creep about like Masato taking off her shirt. Luckily, that's all that happens in the elevator because last time they were in an elevator together, you remember what happened. So she's like, she doesn't want to repeat of that shit and he doesn't repeat it. Like he does get a little, you know, skeevy when he's like, hey, you should take off your shirt if you're hot and she's like fuck off kaji but he probably just said that because he knew her what her reaction would be she put her fucking like jacket back on also i we find out uh in the next episode that that jacket she wears the big red jacket is actually like her officer's uniform which is weird because i thought it was just a fashion choice that she just liked to wear well how did i miss that the first like three times i watched the show yeah because when she goes and they they all get their laundry from the laundromat, which they say is incredibly expensive and it's costing them money, but they don't have time to do their own laundry. We see Misato's, all of her jackets, she has like one for every day of the week. Like I figured it wasn't like a Doug situation. I figured it was like, I thought it was just an overcoat that she put on because it was stylish. But then I remember a couple of episodes ago, they're in the heat of summer. So yeah, I don't think she's wearing that jacket because she wants to, but also I'm sure Nerve Headquarters is air conditioned. In fact, we know that because when the power goes out, everybody is sweltering and they're like, oh man, at least this episode is so funny. Uh, the transitions are so good. They're like, at least our fearsome leader is keeping cool under pressure. Nah, he has his feet in a bucket of water to keep him cool. That's why he's cool under pressure. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Because they were like, oh man, at least there isn't a blackout. There's a blackout. Everything fucking turns off. Well, at least this doesn't happen. And that, that will happen all episode. And it was actually really fucking funny. And for a show about a fucking cataclysmic apocalypse, you pissed off God and he's showing back up to get real mad. There's a lot in this show that's really down. But I love that they have... They sometimes are like, okay, we're sorry. This is a really... This is a heavy show. So here's some comedy to kind of, like, get you through it. We had Shinji, like, on the phone with his dad asking him about, like, Hey, Dad, my the school needs my parents, like, to sign off on this. Listen, Masato's your guardian now. Don't call me with this shit. This is a secure line. And it sounds like he hung up on him, but it was just the blackout. It wasn't... Unfortunately, though, you know, the power's out with Masato and Kaji in the elevator. That's the, like, big unfortunate thing. Um, and they're like, somebody caused this power outage. Like, the nerve headquarters is, like built to withstand something like this there's like two backup generators and a diesel generator that they mention later just in case some shit like this goes down there's also manual stuff unfortunately some stuff isn't manual and like doors so we have to get people with crowbars to crowbar some doors open there's a couple manual doors uh that lead in and out of the facility and it, the children walking through the um air ducts and like through these pipes and stuff to get where they have to go and of course the angels have perfect fucking timing it's like whoever sabotaged the um electronics here in nerve i feel like also like picked up the phone it's called the angel i was like yo you ready <laughs> let's go it's time the time to strike is now i feel like that's what's happening like somebody somewhere has the, like the angels beeper number shinji finally asked like why are we fighting angels they're, we're fighting them because they're fighting us we're defending ourselves, essentially. I think Asuka's right here. Like, Shinji, you wait. You just thought about that right now? Like, just today. You fought, like, at this point, I think, what, eight angels? And now, today, is when you thought about that? 
he's probably been thinking about it all the time just didn't have the courage to talk to anybody about it especially people like oscar we see in the next episode how he is around he he's not a people person and it takes him a while to obviously it takes him a while to warm up to people especially somebody as abrasive as oscar that as soon as he opens his mouth gets really shitty about it i knew somebody like that like you could not say anything without them being a fucking asshole about it so it's like you didn't talk to them because he probably thinks a stupid question also like man i'm sure somebody knows and i'm the dummy for not knowing i'm sure it was in that manual that ray whipped out of nowhere that also like oscar was like shit i should have my manual too also oscar like struggles with being the leader of this group because ray clearly is the one that knows what the fuck she's doing but oscar doesn't like being upstaged so she's like fuck you ray i got this i'm gonna handle this i'm gonna handle everything them bickering gets them turned around a bunch they got so turned around that they ended up outside she opened the door to outside and the Angel kind of just looks at her and she slams the door. Again, hilarious comedy. That Eldritch Horror is here to wipe everybody off the face of the earth. But come on, you gotta have a little laugh, right? They decided, okay, we have to have a manual Ava launch. So Gendo goes down there and like helps manually launch the shit himself with his bare fucking hands. We, this is not the first time we've seen him do something manually with his bare hands. He, he does what has to be done when it has to be done. The whole time, Ritz is like, yo, the kids aren't here yet. We need the kids to fight at the Ava. We just have to wait for the kids now. The kids will be here any second. Gendo completely ignores her because he probably was like, fuck them. I don't need them. I'm going to pilot it myself. Get on my level. And probably thinking, once I can pilot it myself, we don't fucking need Shinji's punk ass. Again, there's stuff to this, but I can't talk about it because reasons and i feel like i should be writing down all of these things that i'm like oh i can't talk about this yet because reasons we'll get to it when i can talk about it but there's a reason why and i can't say yet that's my favorite thing about this show no character is just an asshole for the sake of being an asshole everybody has like deep-seated reasons for why they are the way they are and these things are explained to you I mean, they're not, they're, nobody sits down and talks to you and exposition dumps you to hell, but there are flashbacks that kind of explain the gist of the situation about why people are the way they are. And I think that that's incredibly important. I think that we're missing that in shows. Like, and that's why some people get frustrated. Like, they'll be like, oh, I hate this character because this this character acts this way. And it's like, well, there's a reason this character acts this way. Explain to the, to the reader that. Or people are going to get frustrated and think that you're just like labeling them with these shitty with these these uh personalities soon dares now in anime are like just ticking off boxes they're like okay okay we have we have an anime do we have the sundere character why is she like that though no nobody talked to you nobody asked you do we have this in there in order for these for these market sales like every all these shows and stuff are written by by a bunch of fucking producers in a room who just think this is popular let's add that to this show but why Shut up. No, nobody asked you. Who asked you a question? Anyway, uh, make the villain a skinny, greasy, long-haired white guy who's, um, I don't know, he's crazy. Put, put crazy on top of that. Why is he any of those things? John, I'm going to have to ask you to leave if you keep interrupting and asking why the committee is making these decisions. But this show is like, no, there's literally a reason why that's happening. Sometimes a show will get canceled before you find out why somebody is the way they are. And we never really get that. I like when they break open a characters like Shell and we get to find out what makes them tick. It's very evident in this show. Like a lot of people will just, and I hate to be one of these people that are like, you have to watch 20 hours of a show for it to make sense. I hate to be that person that's like, if you haven't played 50 hours of Final Fantasy 14 and you don't enjoy it, then you're an asshole kind of thing. I hate that kind of shit. But if somebody goes, oh, fuck, I hate this show because Asuka is this way. It's like, please finish. Just just please watch the show. They'll explain why Asuka's that way. They'll explain almost everything. There's some things that they don't explain. Like, my husband asked me a very important question the other day of, how did they come up with angel names? These names that I, I'm reading them on the wiki. He's like, well, where do those names come from? And I'm like, Hideki Yano probably <laughs> wrote them down after the fact. 
I don't know. In the show, they don't name the angels. They're like, they're angel number this, angel number that. And I'm like, probably after that happens, they'll give them a name kind of like a hurricane situation where like they wrote a bunch of angel names from, <laughs> from the Bible down on a paper and they'll go down a list of them when they appear. But the names of the angels seem to sync up with what they, how they are. So probably not. They probably actually have put a thought into this. But when do, that, when do they name them? How do we know the names other than the wiki? <laughs> I'm sure it was probably put in some su supplementary materials, but I fucking hate supplementary materials. Tell me that shit in real life. Um, I think My Hero Academia did a great job with of with the commercial bumpers by giving us that information, the supplementary material. And uh, Attack on Titan also does a good job of doing that. Attack on Titan goes a little too ham sometimes, though. But um, I do like that like they give you those little things that you would normally get in another way. They interject it to you somehow. It's harder for movies to do. Movies are difficult, and TV shows are a lot easier. Uh, in my like perspective, just because you have to cram a lot of information into a movie. Like if you told me to adapt Narnia into a movie, it would be incredibly difficult for me. But if you told me to make Narnia a TV show, I'd be like, hell yeah, give me seven episode seasons and I'll bust these shits out. It's easier to explain shit. You know, in a long form. A movie is a snapshot, and a, and a TV show is like a long, drawn-out story. Anyway, back to the show proper. <laughs> they manually launch the Avas. The kids get there. They fall out of a fucking uh, air duct. But they get there. And they fight this angel, which is a daddy long legs that cries people to death. That's on my top ten, like, nightmare fuel thing. It, like, cries down on them acid. So they're inside of the tube that they normally get shot out of, and they have to climb up it. It looks like an episode of, like, Ninja Warrior, because they're, they're climbing up with their hands and against the wall kind of thing. And Asuka comes up with a plan. It's really successful. It works. They end up taking out the angel with only gunfire. This is the easiest angel that they, that they have to take down. Um, they just shoot it a bunch in the eye, and it dies. But it's like you're shooting it in the fucking eye. The thing is, like, yo, where's its AT field? I guess it doesn't have one, question mark? Or the Ava's bullets are able to get past it. I don't know. It was very easy to kill. All offense and no defense, this angel. But then the next episode happens. It starts with the second impact. Damn, that's a way to start an episode. And we see Misato's dad saving her life at the South Pole during the second impact. That kind of scene, like, smash cuts against some Masato, like, putting her bra on. But you also get to see her gnarly scar. You, and the thing is, when you, when you see her dad carrying her in the flashback, she's bleeding heavily, like, from the chest. So, yeah, you, you got to see some underboob or whatever. But it had this time, it had a point. So, sure. If you're going to give me uh, some titties, at least give me some titties with plot. So, um, Masato's rank is on her jacket. Oh, shit, Masato, you're the, you ranked up. Good job. That was, uh, Otacon, who was there early in the fucking morning waiting for Shinji. And, of course, Otacon would recognize this because he's a military nerd. And he's like, fuck, what the fuck, Shinji? How do you not know this? And, again, poor Shinji feels like an idiot. Um, especially since he works for Nerve. Asuka didn't notice either, but that's because Asuka is very, like... If it's not about her, she doesn't really give a rat's ass. And they hold a, they hold like a congratulations party for uh, Misato later that day. And they even get her up sash to wear. It's really nice. One of the cool things about this show is they, they do a really good job of like putting you in the same situation as the pilots and stuff. Shinji is doesn't like these all these people talking at the same time. He's like having sensory overload. And so are we because the, the people at the party, mostly Asuka, are like speaking to each other incredibly loudly. At their levels are almost the same as Shinji and Masato. So it's very hard to understand what Shinji and Masato are saying. But I, but I love that Masato has the wherewithal to ask Shinji, hey, is, does this make you uncomfortable? This whole like get together? That was really cool. Both Gendo and uh, his second, who I can't remember his name right now, uh, who just he just reminds me of Big Bird. We call him Big Bird. Gendo and Big Bird went to the South Pole to kind of check out what's going on down there. Gendo is talking about how great this is. Like, oh man, God is showing us his light. Yes, praise the glory. And uh, Big Bird is like, yeah, you know, I, I like it better when people were here and existed. That was nice. And Gendo's like, listen, I have an ulterior motive, okay? 
I don't know if you know this yet, but I am shady. So Masato's in charge. And she does a great job holding shit down and telling the Magi to go fuck themselves. Because the Magi, like, are giving them really low projections on how to deal with the current situation, which is fucking the angels show up at the best times, and they, the biggest angel ever on record shows up, and it's just like a flying eyeball. I'm glad it looks like this. In the rebuilds, this is my least favorite angel because it looks just like a migraine. If you saw it, you'd know what I meant. It's very hard to explain it, because when I mentioned that to my husband, he was like, what? And he said that, he's like, I, I watched the rebuilds, but I do not remember that angel. I was like, I remember it, because it was like a nightmare burned into my retina. <laughs> like, I was just like, ah, no, get it out of my face. So that's two nightmare angels in a row. Luckily, um, they deal with them fairly easily. This angel is so powerful. They said straight up, if it attacks nerve like this, we're going to become part of the Pacific Ocean. This angel is walking in its shots until it gets it perfectly right and blows up nerve. Uh, my husband also is like, this, it's kind of fishy that they're always attacking Nerve. Is nobody else thinking that that's fishy? Like, the UN doesn't think that's weird. So the Magi was like, yo, everybody got to evacuate. And she's like, okay, we'll evacuate the city. We're staying. Our punk ass is right here. And we're going to fight that angel. And Ritz was like, the Magi said. Like, Ritz, Ritz is like the, te the teacher's pet. But the Magi said that we need to evacuate all personnel. Fuck off. Fuck off. If you want to evacuate... Have at it, Hoss, because you ain't being nothing but a pain in my ass. I'm going to stay here and handle business. And she's like, you're just mad at the angels, and you want, like, Aaron Yeager-like vengeance against these uh, titans. I mean, fuck. Freudian slip, I guess. Against these uh, angels. Let's be real. Um, Attack on Titan is just Evangelion again. The difference here between, again, the ripoff and, and an homage is that you take it and you fucking twist it. You know, you take that and you change it and you make it something new. Ritz is pretty much saying that this is just your vendetta against the angels and you're risking everybody's lives to get vengeance. And she's like, this is literally our job. And I agree with Masato. Even though Masato is hungry for revenge against these angels, I understand what she means. If they don't destroy the angel, then what? If the angel fucking destroys Nerf headquarters, you no longer have weapons to stop them and the world is over. You can evacuate everything you want. But it doesn't matter. The angel's gonna, more angels are gonna show up. The angels are not gonna stop attacking. Our whole job is to protect the people from the angels. Sure, let's evacuate and fucking that's it. That's the end of the war. We lose. And by we lose, that's it. There's no more humankind. There's no more humans on planet Earth. Goddamn Masato is the best. Like, she whips out a line in this episode that was the most real shit. I treasure Masato and her real-ass dialogue, and it breaks my heart every time Netflix fucks it up. All I'm gonna say is that Netflix did indeed fuck it up. She was talking to the kids about, hey, you, we're gonna stay here. Everybody else is gonna leave. We're gonna stay here. We're gonna fuck up these angels, all right? They go, what are our chances? And she's like, I don't know. D straight up lying to them because she knows what the chances are. The Magi gave her a, a calculation, and that's what Asuka's asking for. And she's like, I don't know what your chances are. If stuff happens, we'll all die. Anyway, we have to do this. And Asuka's like, it's going to take a miracle. And then Masato gets real serious and is like, miracles don't just happen. People have to make them happen. And I'm like, she is like a life coach. <laughs> I love Masato so much. They like take away from her badass aura every time they fucking change one of her lines. But, you know, they're going to keep doing it. Um, She promises them a steak dinner if they get this, if they win this. Which, that's a huge promise. Imagine how much steak must cost in a world where there are people starving to death because Nerve is using too much money. She also asked everybody if they have their wills written up. And, and all the kids are like, fuck that, I don't need a will. I'm not, I'm not gonna die today. And it's like, though that's very brave. But like literally, after you get back from this mission, write up a will. But it was badass. The whole scene was, this whole scene when she's talking to these kids are, is badass. Also, Ray says that she's vegetarian. To get himself hyped, psyched up, she's, he's thinking about Masato, which... Listen, Masato's gonna psych me up every day the rest of my life. So <laughs> Shinji and her were talking. Like they went outside to talk, I guess, during the party. Shinji asked her, why did you take the job? 
And so she explains, like, I took it to pretty much avenge my dad, who I'm not really sure I like very much because he's pretty much Gendo. And Shinji has, like, camaraderie with Misato now. Like, for, the, for one of the first times, he feels that he's not alone in something. He's gonna help his girl Misato out. Fuck it, I'm not gonna run away. Misato's like, that she just wants to kill, destroy all the angels and, like, get un- from underneath her father's, like, debt. It was really, it was a really touching scene. It was, like, one of the best scenes in the show, I think, is this scene transitioning to him into him saying he's not gonna run away. It was really good. It, was, it showed Shinji's growth. Which, again, like, people are like, oh, Shinji's a bitch. It's like, that's my favorite thing. It's like, when a character can change. But I understand not sticking with a show like that because sometimes the characters do not change. They do not grow. They stay stagnant and the same. And you're like, yo, when are you going to grow? When are you going to change? Please, come on now. They kick this angel's ass. Oh, there's a great animation of the Ava's running and jumping and slamming down on the ground and powering up their AT fields. They just look, like, beastly. They just look badass. And then they just stab this angel in the fucking eye together with teamwork. Later on, like... Gendo praises him. He's like, good job, Shinji. I was expecting... I watched the, that scene also in the Netflix dub because I was expecting the Netflix dub to have, like, Gendo be overly praising of Shinji. Like, good job, Shinji. Who's a good boy? <laughs> but no, he just said, good work, Shinji. The one time I'm hoping it's different out of spite, and it's not. The kids decide for Masato to take them to a ramen place instead because they know that steak is expensive. That Masato works on, like, a government salary. She ain't rolling in it. So they go to a ramen shop, and it's really sweet. Why Shinji fights? And then, like, I love it when they ask him that the first time. I just wanted Shinji to turn to, like, Asuka and go, my fucking dad runs the place. And Shinji pretty much says, like, you know what? I realize why I fight, and why I fight is because I, I really want my dad's, like, validation, like, real bad. Like, and of course Asuka calls him stupid for this. That's funny in itself. Thanks for listening.